You're listening to The Grits Blitz, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. All right. The Atlanta Falcons defeat the New Orleans Saints 26-9, to and that is what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> Just getting us some, getting us that W. That's what it takes. It takes it takes a team. It takes a team effort. It's 11 guys playing football on a single play, on defense, rushing to the ball, making tackles, playing the ball in the air, making the game about the ball, winning line scrimmage, on offense, executing, making sure everything's run correctly, limiting your mistakes, limiting your errors. Um, and this is the result, is a win. It's awesome to see the Atlanta Falcons get a victory, especially against their rivals. I am excited. It's one of the most enjoyable games to see this season. So soak it in, Atlanta Falcons fans. The Saints suck. Mark my words. The Saints suck, okay? They lost to the Falcons, a 1-7 football team. Come on now. You can't lose to the Falcons, but they did. So some are going to say that the Atlanta Falcons caught the Saints sleeping. I don't care if you caught the Saints sleeping. If you're sleeping playing against a rival, come on now. You deserve to lose. So I love us coming in, taking advantage of the opportunity and executing and getting the win and getting it in a fashion of where you essentially just beat them for all four quarters. It's been one of the more dominant showings that we've seen in the past two years from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan, he was 20 for 35, 182 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. That interception was complete garbage, terrible throw, shouldn't have thrown the football, airing it out there. I don't know what he was thinking, and it just was bad. But here's the thing. The interception was done in a time in the game where the game was already done. So... You can't really, that mistake really did not hurt us as a football team um, and didn't affect anything uh, with the game. So he's 20 for 35, 182 yards. This is a little bit, averaging 5.2 yards uh, a pass. That's that's not good. I mean, that's not Matt Ryan level. You, he may be struggling with injury. There's just, just some inconsistencies there. But Matt Ryan, he did enough for us to be able to win the football game. He was able to use his legs to pick up some key first downs Keep drives alive with his feet, which I loved um, getting to watch and see. Uh, Drew Brees was 32 for 45, 287 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and averaging 6.4 yards a pass. That's not great either. So it was kind of a defensive showdown for a little while, and then the Falcons were able to win with their kicker, who, what a guy. Got to love that dude. Got to love him coming in and making those kicks uh, and giving us the opportunity. I mean, if he doesn't make those kicks, this game is a one-score game, you know, in the fourth quarter. Uh, So it's good to have a kicker to make those kicks. Rest in peace, Matt Bryant. We love you, dude. You're a legend. You'll always have a place in our heart forever and ever and ever. But it was time. And it was time to move on. And we did move on. And we got a guy that is getting it done for us. Listen, the other thing, Julio Jones is, is a man amongst boys. Three catches, 79 yards. He's incredible. He is, I mean, like, you know, a lot of opportunities missed. I think Matt Ryan was off with his accuracy. And so there's a lot of opportunities that he missed out on. But when Julio Jones catches a football, things just 
happen for your football team that you want to happen, like a 54-yard, you know, sprint. And I, I haven't seen him that open in the long, in a very long time. And he got to top speed, and you got to see for a moment um, how fast that dude really is. And he's really freaking fast. The other thing I want to comment on is on Austin Hooper. I have, I've given him a hard time. I've hated on him, and I've judged him, and I feel like rightfully so because he's earned some criticism because of his lack of ability to block and lack of ability to make important catches. Slash, Also, he loves to tip the ball or hand the ball off as he's catching it to the other football team. And so he's frustrated me over the years, but I think I need to look in the mirror and admit that I'm wearing blinders right now because he's having a great year this season. He is doing a great job for us, and he's doing – He's doing what you need to do to win football games, and he's one of the reasons why we won this game is because he's consistent. He's playing consistent. He's doing it consistent, you know, consistently catching, consistently blocking, consistently getting it done on the field, and that is going to result in uh, in rewards like touchdowns. And so seeing Austin Hooper play has been enjoyable, um, especially when watching him against the Saints. That was awesome. So our defense, I really want to get to our defense. Our defense was in – Incredible. I mean, we were playing lights out on defense. I I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. We had listen to the six sacks. I mean, we to we could barely buy a sack in football games, and then we come out and we get six sacks. We got Grady Jarrett with two sacks. We got Vic Beasley with a sack. There you go, Vic. Um, we got Adrian Claiborne with a sack, and we got oh, I think we got a few other guys in there, but. Incredible performance by our football team, uh, being able to get that done um, and accomplish that. Um, oh, Campbell, Campbell got a sack too. So, man, I got you. Got to love that. Lots of havoc. We created lots of havoc. I love when a defense is able to create havoc on the team, like knockdown passes, rushing, quarterback getting sacks, tackle for losses. Where you're messing up the offense, you're keeping them from doing what they want to do, play in and play out. That is that is. Great football playing there. I think you got to get credit to Raheem Morris jumping back there as the secondary coach, getting moved around. Get credit to Dan Quinn for making that move. Get credit for Dan Quinn for humbly stepping aside and giving over the defensive coordinator um, spot to Jeff Ulbrich and, and having him coach that side of the football. I think that was a huge difference in this game. I think they looked competent. They looked confident. They looked like they were able to compete. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away is that this defense is a good defense. Um, I don't think they have the personnel that they necessarily need to be very successful, but they can play and compete with anybody. And the last few games, they haven't been competing. And it's just really nice to see a team come out and compete and look like they're able to compete at an NFL level um, week in and week out and, and be competitive. So I love it. I love what I'm seeing. I love what I saw from Hill at running back. You know, Devontae Freeman, he's not getting it done for us. Um, he gets hurt, and Brian Hill comes in. He gets 20 carries for 61 yards, and, and he does a good job. Um, he does a really good job for us. Um, is able to, um, And I love that the game plan, we got creative with trying to create some runs um, because you really do have to get uh, the running game going. We had 143 rushing yards in this football game. Uh, that That is, if you can get over 100 yards rushing, you can keep a team honest, and you, you can keep a team guessing, which I thought that we really struggled in the last few games at keeping teams guessing and putting a lot of pressure on the defense to not know what we were doing because essentially what we were doing over the last few weeks was we're not running the football. We can't run the football. We suck at running the football, so we're going to throw the football. And we were predictable, and we were vanilla, and we were doing 
just the van most vanilla office you could possibly do. But we come out, we get creative. Uh, thank you, Dirk Cutter, for finally getting creative. If you need a bye week each week to get creative, like that's just not going to happen. So I'll be interested to see what we do against the Panthers and see if he continues being creative because something about Cutter is he's not creative. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's just having a bye week and, and, and the ability to have more time. But we do need to get creative at figuring out ways to run the football. Even though our O-line is struggling, we got to figure that out. You have to if you want to win football games. And I think we want to win football games. We want to be competitive, and we want to do that. So what we saw in this game, we saw a team win the line of scrimmage. When you win the line of scrimmage, you're going to win the game. It's, it's pretty simple. Or at least you're going to be very close to winning the football game. Uh, you saw a team not put itself in positions to fail. We saw a team that eliminated big plays by making tackles, just clean tackles, finishing the play. We saw a team show a lot of resilience in the red zone, uh, forcing you know, forcing the Saints to kick the ball three times on their side of the field. That's great. Th those are the things that you do. You eliminate touchdowns, you force kicks, you make them make kicks, and then you go and you get touchdowns and you make kicks. You're putting so much pressure on the other team, and we did those things, and we stopped shooting ourselves in the foot with bad sacks. And, you know, there were still sacks, but with being able to kind of block some things up, we were able to run between the tackles a few times. We were able to get the edge a few times. And I think that kept us in a position to keep the other to keep the Saints guessing and to be able to make plays. It was nice for us to be able to put that all together, and we looked better coached against a Sean Payton Saints team, which is, I feel like, We've struggled in the past uh, to look competent lately against football teams. And to see that is a great thing. So brings me to this thought of with Dan Quinn. Quinn is one of the things you got to love about Dan Quinn is that he's willing to make changes. He made changes. And because he made those changes, we were able to get a win against our rivals, the Saints. Beating the Saints does a lot of goodwill for, for a team that isn't playoff bound and that and that has been struggling in the last few years. If you beat your rivals, you, you bolster up a sort of amount of credibility. Now, I'm not going to say that Dan Quinn shouldn't be off the hot seat. I think Dan Quinn should be on the hot seat. I think he hasn't done much in the last two, one, one and a half years to deserve uh, to continue coaching the Atlanta Falcons. But I will say that I personally do enjoy Dan Quinn, the head coach, enjoy um, his character, enjoy the culture that he's trying to create and build. And I really think that the players really owned up and took responsibility for what they were producing and creating on the field. And they came out and they showed that they can be professionals and compete and fight um, week in and week out. And I really appreciate that. And I like that. And I like that Julio Jones kind of led that charge. And, and, and we can't say enough about Julio Jones. I mean, just the asset of having a guy of that talent, of that caliber, that could be you know, a prima donna, that could be a diva, that could create a bunch of buzz around him who actually actually just supports the team as a team guy, plays for the team. You got to love that. You got to enjoy that. You got to soak that in. That's very rare, and that's what makes him super, one of the reasons why he is super special. And so we, we do need to soak him in and enjoy what he's producing, what he's giving us. Um, as a leader and, and as a player for our football team. So, oh man, where was I going? Oh, with Dan Quinn. So with Dan Quinn, I really I really think that he deserves to be on the hot seat. I'm not on the side of like, I'm never for a guy to lose his job or, or for a guy to have to step down um, and when families have to move and things like that. I don't want a guy to lose his job. But he has paid a lot of money to win football games and he's not winning football games. So yes, he deserves to be under fire. But at the same time, like, I think a lot of this has to do with just the hires he's made around him. And so I don't think it's necessarily Dan Quinn. I think 
And that's part of the job. You got to be able to make good hires. And so he should be criticized for that as well. I think he just needs to get a guy in here. I mean, watch what Shanahan is doing with the 49ers. I mean, it's incredible. It's obvious that Shanahan was a big influence on our offense in 2017. And so we... He does need to bring a guy in like that. He does need to bring a guy in who can lock down the defense and, and, and get the offense rolling and moving consistently. I just don't think Cutter is that guy. Uh, and so th those are the issues that I kind of have. You guys know my spiel on Cutter and all that. But with Quinn, um, the fact that he's willing to make changes and move coaching, coaching pieces around to be able to get the best out of his team is, a good, is great because that, that means he's, he's not done. He's not quitting on us. And... You can't say enough about a guy that makes that kind of money, that is that kind of importance, willing to look in the mirror and make changes. And so that's the piece of me that really likes him as a coach, um, who really appreciates him as a coach. And honestly, I'm not really on the side of saying goodbye to him. If they do say goodbye to him, like, okay, like I understand what we're seeing, but at the same time, they still say yes to him. I understand that he's beloved, he's a player's coach. The players love him, they love playing for him. I think he needs to reevaluate some of those guys and, and try to get some of the some new blood in and try to uh, retool and, and look towards the future um, a little bit. So those are kind of some of my thoughts with the Dan Quinn questions and, and, and things like that. Uh, honestly, Author Blank has not really given us anything to think that he is going to get fired. I mean, I think the media and people are asking for that, but what does Author Blank offer besides nothing in regards to Dan Quinn? Being fired, he's not gonna. And people want him fired now. He's not gonna get fired during the season. It's just not gonna happen. Season's gonna be. This is. We gotta remember. This is professional, you know, sports. Um, and and these are run by professionals who respect each other and 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 have values. And so Arthur Blank is one of those guys. And I think that Quinn is gonna be allowed to finish out the season. And let's see how he finishes. Let's see if they can finish. If they can finish and get five hundred, you know, I think Quinn can. I mean, if he if they get a five hundred, that means. They won, you know, they only lost one game down the stretch. Um, and that could potentially put them in the playoff. Run. But if you're like a game or two back behind, I'm not sure. If you only win two games or three games, I think then, like, I would feel pretty confident that he would be losing his job at the end of the season. But we don't know. That verdict's still out. And this is a very winnable stretch for the Falcons. I mean, here, I'm just going to look at it. You got the Panthers, you got the Bucks. I think then you got the Saints again, and then you got the Panthers um, again after that. And then I think you got the 49ers, and then I think you got the Bucks. Hold on, I'm trying to pull up our schedule. All right, here we go. So you got the Panthers, winnable football game. Bucks, winnable football game. Saints, obviously we can beat them. So winnable football game. Panthers, another winnable football game. 49ers, probably not a winnable football game. Probably going to lose that one. Jaguars, winnable football game. Bucks, winnable football game. You could win one, two, three, four, five, six. You could finish this season off in eight. It's likely. I mean, it's not It's not likely. Sorry. It's not impossible to finish this season eight and eight. The likelihood is that you are going to finish this season four and 12. Four and, or I would probably say five and 11 would be... Five or an eleven or six and nine, I think is is kind of the reasonable place, and and that would be you know maybe we lose the Panthers next week because we're inconsistent. We haven't shown that we can play like we played against the Saints week in and week out. We're probably going to play like we played against Rams, Cardinals, Texans, Titans, Colts, and Vikings. That's more likely just based on precedent. So you play the Panthers, you lose. Play the Bucks. I'm gonna say we're gonna win because we like to beat the Bucks. 
Um, and then you play the Saints, you lose that one. You play the Panthers, you win. Play the Niners, you lose. Play the Jaguars, you lose. You play the Bucks, you win again. You know, like something like that. What would be really sweet, and I would love this. I mean, heck, just lose to the 49ers and Jaguars. I'm cool with that. And let's just beat our divisions. Division. Let's just go undefeated in the division. I mean, that would be worth it to me to keep Dan Quinn around if he can stay undefeated in the division because that is what really matters the most is if you can beat your division. And so that would be really sweet. I think things that as we look forward in the week, one of the biggest issues is the run game. Just huge issues. I mean, the fact that our, t- our team, I, I'm curious to know how, if we, I feel like we probably are last in the league um, with our running attack and just really bad running team running football team if we can get figure out how to become and this is where i think we're missing tevin coleman if we can figure out how to get a running game going i think our team can bounce back if we can get over 100 yards rushing i think this offense can work a little bit better we win this game and we had 143 yards rushing and we did it creatively I like that. I think in order to beat the Panthers, you need to bring that element again. They just lost a heartbreaker to Green Bay, and they're good. And Allen has them playing well, and McCaffrey is a freak. So we'll see what happens in regards to that. That's all that I really have to say. So go Falcons. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And let's get that W against the Panthers. Thank you for listening to the Grits Blitz. We appreciate all you guys and everything you guys do for us. If you feel so, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would mean the world to us. If not, don't worry about it. We understand. But if if you feel like we we deserve it, we've earned it, uh, please give us a five-star review. We appreciate you guys as our listeners. We appreciate everything you guys are doing for us in the podcast. Uh, Go Falcons. Rise up.